today is what is God's plan for my life? Have you ever found yourself wondering or asking that question? Be real honest with me this morning. What is God's plan for my life? If you've wondered that or asked that, and maybe you're still wondering that today, just please raise your hand. That way I can get a good response. Okay. What is God's plan for my life? Let me let you in on a secret. It's not a secret. Why would God have a plan for your life and then hide it from you? What am I trying to do? I'm trying to build your expectations real quick because God has a purpose and a plan for your life and he wants you to discover it and he will lead you into a place where you will discover it. Amen? So I've found myself wondering at times, what is God's plan for my life? (laughs) How many of you have gone, hey, Alexa, (laughs) should I get married? Siri, should I have kids? Siri, should I go to college? Maybe, have you ever found yourself kind of asking other people what you should do because you can't get an answer or you're not getting an answer from God and you're looking to people to give you something that you, they're probably not going to be able to give you? Welcome to being a pastor. <laughs> my, my godchild, she, um, she's pretty sharp and she, she's doing math and, uh, her daddy said, you need to go in your room and do all your math homework. And so she went into her room, and she came out real quick. And he says, man, that was fast. He said, yeah, I'm done. He said, well, well how'd, how'd you get done so fast? Well, I did it. He said, let me go see it. So he, he goes back into her room, and he grabs her papers. He goes, well, where's your work? You didn't show your work. And she just kind of got quiet, and her brother walked by and smoothed through her under the bus. He goes, Oh, she asked Alexa, and Alexa does the math problem for her. I was like, where was Alexa when I was in school? Right? Thinking, man, that's sharp. I could have, who knows? Endless possibilities. (laughs) She's sharp. (laughs) But she got busted. Everybody needs a brother, right? (laughs) Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says this, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law or the word of God is joyful. Are you hearing that this morning? I want you to, I want you to write this question down on your, on your notes this morning. Are you settling for much less than what God has for you? Are you settling for less than what God has for you? Here at Our Savior's Church, we have a vision for every person that we call this place home. We have a vision. We have a plan. If I can use the word, we have a system. For when somebody makes a decision to call OSC their spiritual family or their spiritual home, we have a vision for them. We have a plan. We want to take you on four steps. We want to help you, number one, to know God. How do we do that? We do that through Sunday services. We do that through your own personal devotions with God. That's why I'm always challenging you to to be in a personal devotion with God daily, right? Because we want you to know God. We talk about knowing God beyond your brain and with your heart and your life, knowing God that way. Amen? And then the second step we want you to take is we want you to find freedom. Everybody has some yesterdays, and we need to settle our yesterdays. And so some of that happens in our life groups. 
There's nothing like getting in a group of people where you can open up and begin to share and even hear other people's testimonies and stories where the Bible says iron sharpens iron. That's where iron starts to sharpen iron is in life groups. And then the third step we want for you to take is is to discover your purpose. And we most commonly do this through Next Step. In Next Step, you'll find we help you to do a a personality test, help you to understand your personality, kind of start to help you understand how God made you. I used to get in trouble for years because of my personality, and I thought my personality was wrong. But come to find out my personality was wrong, just people misunderstood me. And I didn't understand myself, right? And so we want to help you to discover your purpose. We'll, we'll, We'll get you to take a spiritual gifts test. And we'll do everything that we can to help you discover what your purpose is. And then the fourth step we want for everyone to take is to to begin to make a difference. To find fulfillment in your purpose. Because it's one thing to know what your purpose is. It's another thing to actually walk in your purpose. And to develop your purpose. And to sharpen your purpose. And to better understand your purpose. Right? And we do that through dream teams. Those that are serving all over the church this morning, that's one of the ways we do it. We also do it through outreaches. Sometimes you you don't discover your passion until you get out and do something with it. You don't discover your purpose until you start to act on something. You'll never be satisfied making a dollar when your purpose is to make a difference. You'll never be satisfied making a dollar when your purpose is to make a difference. Scripture's totally clear that God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. It also says you need to work. Well, where does the rubber meet the road? We work, God provides, but we still, the main objective is to fulfill our purpose. The main objective is not to fulfill my wallet. It's to fulfill God's purpose. Studies show that 80% of Christians still don't know their purpose. The Bible calls us the body of Christ. Imagine if your body, if 80% of your body didn't know what it was supposed to do. How would you function? Could you walk? Could you think? Probably not. If 80% of your body couldn't, couldn't function the way it was supposed to, didn't know what it was supposed to do, how would you operate? So how do we discover our purpose? Romans 12, 2 It's pretty clear. It says this, do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So watch this. Jesus is telling us through the word this morning that you don't need to copy the behaviors of this world. In other words, stop acting like the world. He died on a cross so that you could be raised to new life so that you don't have to copy the behaviors of the world anymore. Amen? Stop copying their behaviors and stop copying their patterns and stop copying their customs. Stop trying to be like the world and start trying to be like the Jesus that's inside of you with some character and some integrity and some faith and some trust and some hope. Come on, in a purpose-driven life, it's beautiful when your purpose goes beyond your paycheck. Right? He says, but let God transform you. You see, you got to let it. <laughs> Here's the good news. God wants to transform you. 
Look at everybody, look at me. God wants to transform you. Will you let him? Will you let him transform you by changing the way you think? You know, as God's changing the way you think, he's revealing your purpose. Let me give you an example of some changed thinking. I used to think I will always be this way. But because I let God change my way of thinking, I now think he's making me new every day. You see the change? I will always be this way. That was my thinking. That's how I processed. That's how I lived my life with those thoughts in my head that I will always be this way, which tells me you don't need to have hope. You don't need to try to change. You don't need to try to be anything different. You're going to always be this way. You'll always be like your daddy. You'll always be like your mama. You'll never get away from your generational curses. He changed my thinking to, hold up a second, he's making me new every day. Now I got hope. Now I got a greater purpose. You seeing it? He's changing the way I'm thinking. And as he's doing that, I'm learning to know his will for my life. So there's a couple of enemies of purpose. Number one is confusion. Confusion can be an enemy of purpose. Paul said to some believers, he said this, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about your spiritual gifts. We need to understand who we are. One of the values at our Savior's church is is we've got this system. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Why do we have that system? Because our greatest goal is not to fill a building, but to fill you with your purpose, help you discover it and understand it so that we can then go out and change the world. Birds chirping. Okay. There's got to be some kind of a response here this morning. Come on, when you get good news, you're supposed to go, yeah, that's good news. I mean, if I told you the new restaurant downtown was delicioso, you'd be like, what, really? Come on, you'd be whispering to your neighbor, oh, my God, we need to go there today. Oh, my God. I'm giving you words of life this morning. You're sitting here like this. No God, find freedom. Discover your purpose, make a difference. The goal is not to fill a building. The goal is to fill you with the spirit of God, with the wisdom and the understanding of God, so that you can know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and go out into the world and make a difference. That's how you populate heaven. Amen? That's how you deplete hell. Because everybody who does not have a relationship with Jesus right now is going to hell. I know that scratches in your ears and you don't like to hear that, but it's a real reality, right? There's a real hell and there's a real heaven. And we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about it. I hope they make it. How about we use our, our purpose to go make sure they make it? Right? The world needs your purpose. The world needs you to understand your purpose. Confusion can come in. Comparison is another enemy of purpose. Have you ever gotten so busy paying attention to other people that you forgot about yourself? Welcome to social media. 
I love to see pictures of people trying to take selfies, and they got a nice shirt on and a beautiful background. They're taking pictures, and they got some old broke-down sandals, some old raggedy-looking feet, no, pe- no, no polish on their feet, looking all crusty, but they just give you the image of what looks good, right? And if you're not careful, you go, God, I wish we could go on vacation over there and look like that. Too busy paying attention to other people that you don't pay attention to yourself. I'll fight it as a pastor. I'll be honest with you. It's hard for me sometimes to not pay attention to what, what, what other churches are doing, what other pastors are doing. And it's, sometimes it's hard for me to just focus on what I'm supposed to be doing here. I've fallen into the trap. It's a real trap. Come on, y'all. Because there's always something out there that we think is greater than what we have right now. Well, if I could just be this, or I could just be that, or I could just get this, or just go there, or if my husband would just become this, or my wife would just start to do this. So busy hoping for something that we think we don't have, we miss out on what we actually do have, comparison. Counterfeit is an is a, is a enemy of purpose. Maybe you thought your career would be your purpose, but you find yourself dissatisfied and your career doesn't even fulfill you anymore and, and you still find yourself empty and you're doing more than you ever thought you would be doing in your career or your business and you still find yourself empty because it's your business, it's your career, it's not your purpose. Can I just tell you that your career will leave you hanging? In most cases, your career will leave you hanging and will leave you empty You got to understand something that God made your purpose before he made you. He made your purpose before he made you. Watch what it says in Psalms 139 verse 13 to 16. It says, "You made all my all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You saw me before I was born." Watch this. "Every day of my life was recorded in your book." Most important verse right here. "Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed." God had purpose for your life before he created you. This is what you got to understand. He had a purpose, and so he created you to fulfill that purpose. He put your personality, he put your giftings, your abilities, your skills, the way you would see things, your spiritual gifts. He put those things in you for what? To fulfill a purpose. He didn't create you and then create a purpose. He hit, there was a purpose and he created you for that purpose. That should give you some ownership. It should give you some, some validation in the relationship that God had a purpose and he made me for that purpose. The reason I'm unique is because I'm the only one that can fulfill my purpose. Nobody else can fulfill Jamie's purpose. Nobody else can fulfill your purpose. But if we don't know what our purpose is, who's fulfilling it? Maybe the better question is, is who's stealing it? You got to understand, you got to get some confidence in you that God wants you to know his purpose for you. And if you don't know it, that's okay. Go get it. Get something inside of you that says, I'm going to discover God's purpose for my life. I'm not giving up. 
I'll never forget being frustrated. This was probably 13 years ago before I was ever a pastor. It's like, God, what do you have me here for? I, I had a passion to start my own business. I started my own business. That didn't fill my tank. It left me empty. I'm like, God, man, what's, I got this void in me. I remember one day nobody was home. I'm sitting on the sofa. And I'm just having a quiet time with God. and just start to cry a little bit because I was frustrated. You ever get so frustrated you cry? Maybe you got a kid that gets so mad they start crying. <laughs> That's me. I'm on the sofa and I'm just like, Lord, man, what, what am I supposed to be doing? And I'll never forget the Holy Spirit whispered to me. I've called you to make disciples. I've called you to raise up godly men. I've called you to heal marriages. I've called you to do that. And he began to lay out my purpose in front of me. And I was like, really? Actually, I was more overwhelmed because now I discovered it. When you said that this morning, it reminded me. When I I discovered what my purpose was, it changed my energy, it changed my tenacity, it changed my drive, it changed how I woke up in the morning. Come on, somebody. When you understand what you've been put on the planet for, it changes you, and it should change you. It should put some more fire in you. It should put some more passion in you. I discover God's purpose for me when I discover how he designed me. We have a motto here, and you'll see it on some of our Dream Team shirts. It says, I was made for this. That's our motto. I was made for this. What are you made for? What are you made for? What is your purpose? This city, this area, these parishes, these people, they need your purpose. They need you to fulfill your purpose. So how God reveals our purpose. Let me give you four ways God reveals our purpose to us this morning. Number one, it can be a calling from birth. Maybe at a young age there was something that just drove you, something that was inside of you. Maybe there was an injustice or there was something in you that just, it it was something that you were wired for. I love to watch young kids now because now I I know this and I go, man, I wonder what their purpose is. I love that, not even teenagers, I love to see it in the young kids and, and see how they, how they begin to develop and what they start to get like angry about and what they start to get like emotional about and what's important to them and what's not because in all of that, you start to discover what their purpose is. I was always a kid that needed to understand. When you didn't give me a chance to understand, I felt like I was, I was just pushed to the side. I was rejected because you didn't give me a chance to understand. That's why I preach and try to give so much understanding. Does that make sense? That's why it's important to me that we make things clear. That's why I'm not trying to make the Bible no more complicated than it is, is because God hardwired me because I couldn't understand easily. I had to work to understand things. He hardwired me to teach and preach in a way that we can understand. Come on, T.D. Jakes has his purpose. Jamie Tyler has his right? I'll never be him and he'll never be me. I don't know why I use T.D. Jakes. He's big, bald, got a goatee. I'm just a different flavor. (laughs) He's chocolate, I'm vanilla. Come on, somebody. Maybe you got distracted. Maybe you forgot what your purpose is. Jeremiah 1, 4 to 8 says this. The Lord gave this message. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb, Jeremiah. 
Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go where I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Isn't it funny how when God gives us our purpose, sometimes we try to give him excuses? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> struck a nerve. <laughs> I felt it. I felt something got struck this morning. God will come and he'll put a passion and a burden in your heart. And the only thing you give him in return is an excuse. Yeah. Moses did it. I can't speak. Jeremiah said, I'm too young. Joshua says, I'm not ready. What did God say? You just go where I tell you to go, say what I tell you to say, and everything's going to be all right. God's not looking for your excuse. He's looking for your let. He's looking for you to let him do something in your life. He's looking for you to let him into your life and do something that you don't even think you can do. God's in the business of blowing our minds. When we, when we came to pastor this church, most of my life I thought I was ready. And then, and then it got to a point where I'm like, I ain't ready. And I'll never forget Pastor Jacob asked me one time, he says, man, God, you ready to be a campus pastor? I said, uh-uh, I'm not ready. I'm not qualified. I got, I got junk, Pastor Jacob. <laughs> he says, well, then you're ready. And we get here, and I'm like, Lord, I didn't go to seminary. I can read my Bible. I didn't go to seminary, Lord. Some of you are like, he didn't go to seminary. I'm going to find another church. Well, good luck. They got a couple guys in town. <laughs> I remember freaking out, and I said, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. You know what he said? You just do what I say to do, say what I say to do, and trust me. If you mess up, I'll tell you. I was like, Wow. But isn't that, for some of you, isn't that just too simple? For, for some of you, is it just too simple? Like, go where I tell you to go. Say what I tell you to say. Do what I tell you to do. And if you mess up, I'll tell you. But, no, 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 no buts. Go where I tell you to go. Do what I tell you to do. Say what I tell you to say. If you mess up, I'll tell you. The second way God reveals his purpose to us is through a growing awareness. This is what I've discovered. The purpose becomes clearer the longer I stay in the journey. The more I stay with it. The more I get past my failures, the more I get back up and I keep on going, the more that I'm just staying with it day, day, day after day after day after day. The more I do that, the more he reveals to me and he makes my purpose more clear. Amen? It's through a growing awareness. If you quit, you quit becoming aware. I'll say that one more time. If you quit, you quit becoming aware. You put your purpose on pause. How long do you want to stay on pause? How long do you need to stay on break? Sometimes we need to take a break. Don't get me wrong. 
Sometimes we need to take a break. Sometimes there's some stuff that comes up, right? When the heat gets turned up, sometimes stuff comes out of us. My wife and I are exactly the same. Sometimes the pressures of life and ministry and family get so hard that stuff starts to come up. You know what we do? We stop for a minute, get somebody to help us scrape the crust off the top, and then we get back in the game and keep going. Understand that. But that's not every one of us here today. Amen? It's not every one of us. There should be a growing awareness inside of us. Galatians 50 verse I mean, Genesis 50, there's no 50 chapters in Galatians. Genesis 50, verse 20 says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. This was Joshua after he'd been sold into slavery. All the crazy things that happened to him. He finally comes to the end of it to finally discover fully and completely what his purpose was. You see, here's what's crazy, is when he was a kid, God gave him a dream that his family would bow down to him. He didn't understand the dream. Because of the dream and because of the favor on God's life, he went into slavery, slavery, prison, and before you know it, he's number two in the kingdom of Egypt. And then all of a sudden, it becomes clear. When his brothers come back, and they need him. That His purpose was that God took him, ran him ahead of his family, and positioned him in a place. Though it was scary, though it was hard, listen to me, God never said it was going to be easy. God never said it was going to be peaches and cream. God never said it was going to be like Bluebell. God said it's going to be hard. He made it crystal clear to us. If you read your Bible, you'll understand that. He said it's going to be hard. But when he gives you a vision for your life and a purpose, sometimes he'll run you around and get you ahead of other people, and you'll go through some stuff. You're going to go through some stuff, but when you get to where he wants you to be, you're going to realize that's why. That's why. See, that's why we don't need to get hung up on what we don't understand right now. Sometimes we just got to trust the process. Sometimes we got to go, boy, this sure don't feel like a purpose. I'm in prison. It sure don't feel like a purpose. They forgot about me. It don't feel like a purpose. I've been sold, sold into slavery. It don't feel like, Lord, is this purpose? Who's to determine how God moves us but God himself? Is it my Will for my life, or is it his will for my life? Is it my plan for my life, or is it his plan for my life? If his plan wants to go left, but I want to go right, what am I going to do? You're going to make a decision. But this road looks easier. Yeah, that's why we're going this way. (laughs) That's how I feel sometimes, can I be honest with you? Sometimes I'm like, Lord, really? Really? We got to go through this. Sometimes it's like, we got to go through this again. There's a growing awareness. Number three, walking through open doors. Walking through open doors. Sometimes God opens doors in front of you and he expects you to walk in those doors. The older I get, the more I find myself becoming conservative and cautious. 
I'm actually 45 now. <laughs> I've been telling you I'm 45 for a year. I was 44 the whole time. I lied. <laughs> Most people go younger for some stupid reason. I go higher. I don't know what the, what the deal is. But even at 45, I'm discovering that, that my tendency, can I just tell you what my tendency is, what my natural tendency is, is when there's an open door, I want to kind of process it too long. I want to kind of go, pull my phone out, get my flashlight. And I don't want to walk through, that's my natural tendency. My natural tendency, because the old, see, the funny thing is about the older you get, a lot of times you want to be more conservative and you want to be more cautious because stupid really hurts when you get old. Can I, can I say that in church? It really hurts. You think it's, it hurts when you're 20. It hurts when you're 40. And I, I'm just assuming it hurts when you're 50 and even more when you're 60. So you become, if you don't watch it, you become more cautious and more conservative. And you don't want to step out and you don't want to do something too risky. Come on. Lead a what? You want me to lead a what? Huh? Life group? What? You nuts? People in my house, you crazy? Do I succumb to that or do I fight against that? Do I give in to that or do I fight against it? Is it what God wants me to do? If he opens the door, it's meant for me to walk through it. Hello, the reason I'm in life groups is because I got other people that can help me see the open door. Because sometimes the enemy will make a door look open. And ain't nothing like having some people around you that go, bro, that ain't God. It saved me a many a times. That ain't God. Why, why, how you know that's not God? Because it's dumb. Well, you got to say it like that? Yeah. yeah. That's the only way you listen. Esther found herself with an open door. The, the king was wanting to show off his wife, and she said no. And so the king kicked his wife out the house, and he had a beauty pageant, and Esther became queen. And then Esther's wondering, why did I become queen? And there was a guy trying to wipe out all the Jews, and her uncle comes to her and says, he says this, Esther 4, verse 14, it says, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. You see, here's the beauty in all of this, is God will have his way with you or without you. And I want to tell you today, it's better to be with him than to be without him. Right? No matter how scary it is, no matter how, how big it seems, it's better to be with him than without him. Number four, fourth way God reveals his purpose is through a God encounter. And I just want to tell you today, I don't believe we have enough of those. I don't believe we have enough God encounters. Galatians chapter 1 says, you know what, is, what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. 
I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him, watch this, to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to who? To the Gentiles. He was a Jewish man, all about the Jewish traditions. He was consumed with the Jewish world. But Jesus' purpose for his life was to reach the Gentiles. And he had a God encounter. You remember the story? I hope God never has to knock me off of a horse. That's why I don't ride horses. They're too tall. Stupid hurts at 44, 45, 40. 45 a God encounter I remember my first God encounter was was I was given a church in Baldwin Louisiana the pastor said it was it was actually a brand new a fairly new building it was a membership of about 50 people and the pastor came he says I'd love for you to take this church would you consider becoming the pastor of this church and I was kind of like wow it's a great honor and I said, can I have the keys to the building? He was like, sure, hang on to them. I was like, no, just, I'll be back. <laughs> and I went to the church. Nobody was there. And I opened the doors and I walked up to the altars and I got on my knees before God. And I said, Lord, do you want me to take this church? I wasn't sure if I was going to get an answer or not, but I, I knew I needed to pray and I needed to ask. I said, Lord, do you want me to take this church? And this is what I heard. No. I said, Lord, I'm going to ask you one more time. Do you want me to take this church? No. I stood up, gathered the keys, locked the door, went back to the pastor's house, and I said, God told me no. He tried to convince me otherwise. I said, no, listen, God said no. I had no clue what was coming next. I had no clue what was coming around the corner. I had no clue I would end up in Eunice, Louisiana one day. You follow me? I had a God encounter. I take that place, I never end up here. I never get to know you. I don't know what my life would be like without some of you. I like all of you. I love all of you. I just, I don't know why I said some of you. It's kind of, I don't know why I'm bringing attention to what I just said, but I did. So that was dumb. I love you. Psalms 32, 8 says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Listen to the I wills in this statement. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Flip back up to the very first verse I shared with you this morning. From Proverbs 29, 18, it says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. God didn't create you to be wild. He created you to follow him. And in following him, you discover your purpose. In discovering your purpose, you get to be involved in kingdom business. That's where the fun begins. For years, the church would just tell you to follow Jesus, follow Jesus, follow Jesus, follow Jesus. What happens after I follow Jesus? 
you get involved in kingdom business. What does that mean, pastor? That's where you begin to see signs, wonders, miracles, impossibilities. Come on, it it comes in the following. So let me give you the treasure of all that, is that you get to get involved in kingdom business. There's nothing better than being involved in kingdom business. You get to see lives change. You you get to see God turn situations around. You get to see what seems to be impossible become possible. You get to see what has been damaged and destroyed and is hanging on for its last breath. And you stand right there with your little bitty purpose involved in kingdom business. And God takes what is barely hanging on and he revives it and makes it alive again. And you got to do something with it. That's the joy. That's the treasure of being in the kingdom business. Amen? It's the pleasure of being and discovering your purpose. It's the reward. 